Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. It's the final hour on this Wednesday show. Robert Griffin Jr. III, former Heisman winner, will join us coming up here in a little bit. Spent a lot of time talking about Shohei Otani. Spent some time talking about the NFL MVP and why it normally comes from a team that's the number one or number two seed. And if that's the case, right now, Dak Prescott would be a number five seed. But they have a chance to be the number one seed. They have a chance to be the number two seed. And that opens the door. The last 10 years, your MVP candidates have come from teams either a number one or a number two seed at the end of the year. By the way, it is ready. Tailgate moonshine. Latest batch. It's peppermint bark. Just in time for the holidays. I put some in some uh, hot cocoa. Very tasty. Yeah, you did. Sneaky great. (laughs) Sneaky great. Go to danpatrick.com and order Tailgate Moonshine. It is available right now. Get ready for a real game changer. The best of the best, or both worlds, top players from PGA and LPGA partner up in a mixed team competition, the Grant Thornton Invitational. That'll be coming up this weekend. 877-3DP-SHOW. Operator Tyler standing by. We'll get to phone calls coming up. No real update on Trevor Lawrence, a high ankle sprain, but still don't know what his status is going to be this weekend for the Cleveland Browns. NBA in-season playoff, kind of fun. Pacers-Pelicans, surprise, surprise. And then you have the Lakers and the Bucks, maybe not as big of a surprise. Yes, Marvin? No, I like this for uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Oh, okay. People can know about him. Yeah. He's this year's Shea Gildress-Alexander. Gildress? Yeah. Gild- yeah. But... He was with Sacramento. That's a, that's incredible. Yeah, I know. And similar, the team that drafted him let him go early. Yeah. Shea, was was he a, a Clipper? He was. SGA? I th- yeah. I, I yeah, think he was drafted the, by the Clipper. Yeah, that was the Paul George deal. Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oof. But uh, Tyrese Halliburton, he's good. He's a, he's a fun player and, and uh, you know, seeing a little bit of uh, the spotlight here because the Pacers aren't necessarily a, a good team, but he's good. And Zion... We're watching Zion play basketball. It's one of those where I go, oh, that's right. He, he plays in the NBA. Uh, and, he, and he's played okay, although Barkley called him out again and said he's not in shape. Uh, and look, Charles can say that because Charles was not in shape when he started out. And it took Moses Malone to say to Charles, you have all this talent. You got to take this seriously. You got you to get it under control. 
and then Charles became an MVP. I don't know if Zion, you know, has somebody in his ear who can, you know, Moses Malone, this you know seasoned veteran with the Sixers, said to Charles, "You know what? You got to get in shape. You're fat." And Charles was. So he's speaking from experience of what he needed. And maybe he is that voice to Zion if Zion is accepting of that. And he might not be. Charles was with Moses Malone. Everybody listened to Moses Malone. Yes, Marv. Charles Barkley is still incredible. He was undersized and overweight and dominated the way he did. Yeah. And, you're, you know, I've been around Charles many, many times. You stand next to him. He's an inch taller than me. And you're going, how did you do it? How did you do it? But he did. But, you know, that's one of those where you look at basketball players. Sometimes you just look at athletes and you go, I don't know how you do it, but you do it. Well, we do this with Joker. I mean, I, I still watch in amazement where I go, I don't get it. I, I, he's going right and then nobody stops him or blocks his shot or he turns and you're just going, I don't, I don't understand it, but I do appreciate it. And Charles was one of those players where you go, I don't get it. Steve Nash, I'd watch and I go, I don't know how he's getting by these guys, or he's open, or he, like you just don't understand it sometimes. And you're going, that guy is doing something in a way that you just didn't expect him to to do it. Yeah, Paul. I saw a Knicks Sixers game when Iverson was maybe a second year, and we were standing there, we we're trying to get near the sidelines to see him. I'm like, that guy, that skinny guy who's probably five eleven and a half is taking this beating. It, it didn't make sense. Yeah, because they're listing him at six foot, and I never thought he was six foot. And then you're around these guys, and sometimes when you look at somebody on TV, you know, it doesn't have the same impact when you're going, yeah, he kind of looks big, or he looks fast, or he, he looks really small, and then you stand next to them. When I stood next to Yao Ming, and I go, God, he's the biggest guy. Like, I, I always thought Shaq was the biggest guy. <laughs> Yao Ming is bigger than Shaq. Mark Eaton, I stood next to him. And you're just going, like, 7'6 six is 7'6. Six. It's not like, yeah, that's tall. That is tall. Yes, Marv. And uh, when I went to the All-Star game down in Charlotte for work, I remember standing next to Steph Curry. And Steph Curry's a legit 6'3". Yeah. And I remember my friend who was a high school coach. I said, stop telling your 5'8 guards they could be Steph Curry. Because <laughs> Steph Curry is a legit 6'3 who's dunking the ball with ease. I said, he looks small because everybody else on the floor is 6'10". Yeah. I was like, don't do that. Yeah. These guys are much bigger than you think they are. But sometimes, like Iverson in person, it's like, wait, this guy has as many scoring titles as Kevin Durant. That's insane. Yeah, being around Steph Curry. And, and 6'3", he, he plays bigger than 6'3". Uh, but still, he looks so young and, he, and he's slight. But he, it's just, he has that innate ability to find separation. And, and his handle was underrated. There's so many things where you go, how does he get his shot off? Like Trey Young, you know, you're just going, how does he get his shot off? And it looks like it's by just a like a millimeter that you get those shots off. But they do it all the time. So it's not like, you know, when I saw Luca play in person, and I'm going, God, he seems slow. Can't jump. He's big. And, and he would always create separation. I mean, six seven, like it felt like he was two forty, and he was just guys were bouncing off of him, and then you just see this ability to create a shot there, and same with Steph. It's no nobody ever goes, God, how does he do it anymore? It's he's done it at such a high level that that's what's amazing, and to see different types of players, 
and where they don't fit in, because that's always been certainly at the quarterbacking position. You got to be six four, six five, and uh, you know, stay in the pocket. And then all of a sudden, we said, no, you don't have to be. You can be, you know, that that's the beauty of it. It's you can do it. You can play the same position differently than somebody else. Yeah, more. Steph Curry would have been first team All Transfer Portal. Like he would have been gone from Davidson ASAP. Yeah. As soon as what's that? His sophomore year, he had that big tournament yeah. run. Yeah. I'm sure Roy Williams and Coach K may have been calling him. I'm not saying he would have transferred, but, but they didn't take him out of high school. Crazy. So he might say, you know what? I have a great coach, and maybe I'll just stay here at Davidson. Or if we know now, or if we knew then what we know now, you might have been like, I'm one and done, man. Wait, you can't be, yeah, I'm going to be the greatest shooter in NBA history. Imagine if, if somebody had said, this guy has a chance to be the greatest shooter in NBA history. We'd have been like, that dude, he's not even going to start. And here I am pleading with the GM of the Timberwolves. You got two first round, you got, you, get, you don't take Johnny Flynn, take Steph Curry. Oh, well. He didn't. He lost his job to the GM. Yes, Paul. I'm glad Steph Curry stayed at Davidson because it was he was bigger than the school. Remember you tuning in like, "Hey, I'm watching Steph Curry versus Villanova tonight, not Davidson right. versus Villanova." Yeah, he was like you know Caitlin Clark before Caitlin Clark. Like you're turning in to watch him, not necessarily the team. But Steph Curry. Although people are trying to shrink that window, though Golden State, like, is it over? And I'm like, I I I can't do that. Won't do that. A couple of years ago, we started the season. I said, that's the team to beat. They ended up winning the championship. I don't feel as strongly about that, but I still think with him, there's that possibility. I just think the supporting cast has failed them. And they did a, a poor drafting with James Wiseman. Um, that The supporting cast was supposed to be like, we're going to take over. You guys don't have to play 32 minutes a night. Uh, Jordan Poole. They got rid of him. Act up. See yeah. what happens. Yes. <laughs> One more time, Jordan. You're going to Washington. Okay, okay. I won't. Okay. That is that is a time. That is the NBA's version of a timeout. We're going to send you to the Washington Wizards. Good stuff. All right. A couple of phone calls in here. Uh, let me see. How about Curtis in Illinois? Hi, Curtis. What's on your mind today? Morning, DP. Hey, bud. Uh, listening yesterday and when you went to Seton for the poll question results, I noticed that little delay in his response. Um, and I remember how upset and kind of disappointed you were in Carissa Thompson when she made up those sideline reports. Like you've kind of felt that disappointment before. I'm not saying that Seton would make up uh, results for the stats, yeah. but I remember McLovin saying that he did. Yeah. And is that the real reason that he's no longer on the show? Hmm. Is that the real reason? Is that a reason why he's not on? Ah, reason. Yeah, ah, reason. Um, we're happy that uh, Andrew McLovin Perloff has uh, moved on, and uh, he's uh, doing morning radio, and we're very happy for him. We continue to wish him the yes, best. Yes, we do. Wish him all the best. <laughs> yes, Eden. I'm not as good uh, at Andrew as making up the poll results when I don't have them ready. Uh, and that's something that I've been working on is not only having them ready in the moment more often, but when I don't have them ready, one, I usually have to try and remember what the hell's the poll question today. <laughs> and then I have to try and remember what the options are. And then I try to make up the results. It's usually just faster to just be like, Hey Dan, hold on a second. I'm not ready. Yeah. 
which is usually what I do. Yes. I have occasionally made them up, but I'm just, I'm really not good at it. He was great. Yeah. And then uh, McLovin would eventually say, hey, I, I made those up. Yeah. And I go, well, how about we, you know, we are asking the audience to be part of this, so maybe we get those things right. By the way, the uh, MVP odds in the NBA, it is uh, Jokic, and it's not even close. Then it's Luka, Joel B, Jason Tatum, and then Shea Gilgis, Alexander. You know, remember it got to that point where I think voters, they had this epiphany late in the season last year. Like, wait, we're going to vote him? Back-to-back-to-back MVP? They hadn't done anything in the play. Like, wait wait a minute. And I just remember Kendrick Perkins on the mothership was like, man, you know, you voters, you're crazy. You should be giving this to Joel Embiid. And at the time, I think the voters kind of had a reset of, are we going to put him up there with Larry Bird? Wilt? I mean, I think there's a couple. Bill Russell? Like, are we going to put him in there? And then you look back on it and you go, yeah, you should have. Yes. It's a regular season award. But what he did in the postseason, I don't think a voter will ever go, yeah, I don't know about uh, Joker. Because he won an NBA championship. And he's probably going to end his career with more triple doubles than anybody in history. And I thought J.J. Redick was really good yesterday when I said, how would you describe Joker to somebody who'd never seen him play? And he said, I mean, he would go like all crazy stuff on trying to put electrodes in him to understand how he processes a game. And he's so methodical. You can almost see him thinking a play in real time. And he's not going to slow down. He's not fast to begin with. He can't jump. So it's not like he's going to come back to earth. It's that guy who's on the playground, who's 50 years of age, who's got cut-off jean shorts and a tank top, and you go, I'll take that guy. Meanwhile, that guy schools you. That's, that's Joker. He's going to be the same player now as he is when he's 45, if he even plays basketball a pickup game. And that's, that's remarkable when you watch somebody process you're, but he does have those blind passes, the, the ability to find the right guy at the right time. You know, I don't care how much you teach. You know, some of that can't be taught. Yes, Todd? And on top of all that, Redick was saying he's psychotically competitive, so you have all those elements going yeah. for you, and he doesn't buy into how he's like, yeah, basketball, I'll go play with my horses. I don't really need it. I'll play. I won't play. I was surprised that he said, no, this is an act. That he sort of seems like, oh, I don't want to go to a victory parade winning the NBA championship. Winning parade. Yes. I want to go home. I want to play with horses. <laughs> Remember how he's holding his head? He's like, Venice parade. Uh, I got to go to parade. Like, it's a one more no, event no, no. for work. And <laughs> I go home now. <laughs> what a character. In-season what? <laughs> Tournaments? <laughs> hey. like Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Do you think he tells people, oh, what are you, you still playing overseas? Yes, I play in uh, Denver. Yeah. Still play overseas. Yeah. I still play overseas. Yeah. We always look at it when you're playing overseas, it's you leave the United States to go overseas. He's probably telling people, yes, I play overseas. I play over there, Denver. It's cold. All right. Uh, let's take a break. Robert Griffin, the ESPN analyst, former Heisman Trophy winner, will join us coming up. We'll take a break. We're back after this Dan Patrick show. 
Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Ben, host of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller. It would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is the Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I mean? thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, Fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. Tailgate Moonshine's available. It's peppermint bark. It's available at danpatrick.com. Stat of the day is always brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Robert Griffin III, ESPN College Football NFL analyst and a winner of the Heisman in 2011 when he played at Baylor. Where is the Heisman Trophy right now? 
Well, the Heisman Trophy is in my closet right now. For 10 years, it was with my mom and dad, and uh, we just recently got it back with a bunch of moves going on. Had to make sure it was secure. So, you know, I gave it to the parents because they helped me uh, accomplish all my goals and dreams, so I felt like it should be with them. Okay, so where are you going to display it in your home? Uh, In my home, it'll still be in the closet. Uh, I'm not the guy that, that... holds up a shrine to himself or puts a bunch of trophies up and all that if you if you really know me and you can uh get to the closet then you'll get a chance to see the husband wow i mean is it a walk-in closet is it you know big closet clothes in there it's a big closet it's not like you know shuttered or anything it's uh we double double wooded the top of the of the shelves to just be able to put any awards that me and my wife as well she's uh you know, Estonian heptathlete, went to Florida State, uh, you know, a heptathlon record holder there at Florida State. So we put all our trophies around the top, and that's the only way you'll get to see them. Okay. Did your wife ask why Florida State was not in the Final Four? Yeah, she she did, but she um, she was pretty outraged about it as well. And, and, and so was I. I thought the committee certainly got it wrong and sent the wrong message to all the fans, coaches, and uh, everyone out there that follows the sport. Well, Okay. Is Florida State better than Georgia? Um, according to the committee, they are. Do you think Florida State is better than Georgia? The real question is, did Florida State earn a right to play in the college football playoff? And yes, they did. That's the question. Well, I think that's open to interpretation. Because we assume you go undefeated, that means you get to play. It's, it's open to interpretation. It's the no. human element. Yes, it is. Oh, it's not? Yes, because Florida State's not in the Final I mean, Four. So it, not open to it's open. It, it was. That's why they're not in the committee. And I, I watched the show yesterday and heard you talk to Booger. So um, I know how you feel about this, and you feel like it's all about the money. It and, is. Yeah, but the question for me is the college. what is the college football playoffs committee's selection committee? What is their job? Their job is to put the four best teams in, yeah. correct? It should be. But that's their job, right? Should be. Okay, so if their job is to put the four best teams in, how are they breaking down the criteria for what the four best teams are? It's the eye test for them, I guess. We're not doing computers. No, they're they're doing everything. They have the system set up so well that you can't point to one thing to say, gotcha, this is why they got it wrong. They're taking in conference championships. They're taking in the eye test, common opponents, a whole bunch of elements to determine who the four best teams are. Mm -hmm. So if you have these conference champions, and they're all similar because they're conference champions, if one is undefeated from a Power 5 conference, they've earned the right to play in the college football playoff. Period. End of story. Otherwise, Otherwise, now you're taking into account you're favoring one conference over another conference. And if they're both undefeated, listen, that, that is open to interpretation. But when you have an undefeated Power 5 conference champion, they have earned the right to be in the college football playoff. Because otherwise, me and you could sit here and make the argument that Georgia should be in the college football playoff because they were number one in the committee's rankings for three straight weeks. And you're telling me that a one-loss Georgia wouldn't beat or be favored against almost every team that's in the college football playoff? Yes. They're not the, the four best teams in. They're not. And in that case, what they did to Florida State is completely wrong. All right. Well, we got Georgia against Florida State, right? 
Yeah, and how many guys do you think are going to opt out of that? <laughs> well, okay. it, oh, come on. it might be the opt-out. That's all these bowl games. I'm looking at all <laughs> these games, these matchups, Robert. Right. Every team has their quarterback in the portal. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. There's 1,100 kids in the portal. Yeah, it's bad. It's it's uh, I put it this way. I've got two bowl games uh, and in both bowl games, I think both quarterbacks from both teams will not be playing in the game. It's it's uh, it's utterly ridiculous from that standpoint. And I just had Marcus Freeman on my show, RG3 and the ones uh, talking about, you know, what's your what's your pitch to the players to actually play in this game? And it, it, it all revolves around, you know, Standing by your brothers, there's teams that are going to ask, hey, why didn't you play in this game? And I think it's it varies from like a first round guy. If you're going to be a top 10 pick and you're not playing for a national title, I, I understand. Um, but there's going to be so many opt outs of guys that are going to be getting drafted fifth, sixth, seventh round because they just don't they don't see the reward in playing the game uh, based off the risk that that there's going to be there. Uh, and when you talk about this Florida State-Georgia game, it's it just goes back to if Florida State without their quarterback isn't better than Alabama or Texas, how in the hell are they better than Georgia? But the committee put them in front of Georgia. Yeah. And now we're going to have that game, and some people are going to use that game yes. as a barometer <laughs> to say, see, this is what happened. But I, I'm just – I'm going about this in a way that I don't think that every player from Georgia or every player from Florida State – that led to them getting to where they are right now is going to play in the game. Yeah. It just seemed like it's going to happen. Robert Griffin III joining us uh, on behalf of the uh, More Than a Trophy campaign designed to create greater awareness of the charitable impact and uh, the programs from the Heisman Trust beyond the annual trophy ceremony. And uh, his new podcast is RG3 and the Ones. Anything you want to add to uh, More Than a Trophy campaign? Yeah, Dan, I mean, really, the, the Heisman Trophy Trust, their their whole focus right now is just letting people know that they do more than just hand out the Heisman Trophy. I mean, we got the Humanitarian Award this year that's going to Solomon Thomas from the uh, New York Jets, a defensive end. Uh, the trust has donated over $25 million, you know, especially to programs like the, the high school Heisman program that they have. And for me personally, being able to work with them, you know, since I won the award in 2011 uh, has truly been a joy. And, and they do so much in the community. They, they've helped me do so much in the community, giving back and, and, and helping uh, with food insecurity um, that I felt like it was it was very warranted to come on here and, and not just sing their praises, but also be excited about the guys that we have potentially coming to join that Heisman fraternity. Uh, I think they're all worthy of the award, talking about uh, Michael Penix Jr., Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, and and of course, Marvin Harrison Jr. out there playing like his daddy. Um, it, it's really cool to, to see these guys have an opportunity to, to join this fraternity. And I look forward to the ceremony uh, coming up on Saturday. Who do you think will win? Whew. That's a good. That's a great question, Dan. You know, you've been in this business a very long time, so you know I can't disclose my vote. Um, but who uh, who do you think will win? That doesn't mean who you voted for. Who do you think yeah, will win? As I said, you've been in the industry a long time, so you know how to answer the questions. Um, I think at the end of the day, uh, collectively around the country, you'll see that Jaden Daniels probably um, did the most to, to win the award. Uh, passing yards, touchdowns, all very similar to Bo Nix. Uh, Michael Penix Jr. led the country in passing yards, uh, but it was what Jaden Daniels did on the ground. 
rushing for a thousand yards, only player in college football to have three thousand five hundred yards passing and a thousand yards rushing. Uh, there was just so much there. And Bo Nix, I feel like, had an opportunity to win it in yeah. the Pac-12 championship game, yeah. uh, but because he got beat twice by Michael Penix Jr., uh, there might be some people that put a damper on that. But I could see it being a you know a blowout race for Jaden Daniels. I could also see it being very close because uh, this year there's a lot of worthy uh, finalists. Who turned in the greatest season in your recent memory uh, that a uh, quarterback has? What's the uh, one that stands out more than any? Yeah, I mean, I think I know where you're going with this. For for me, it was probably Joe Burrow, uh, the LSU year. I just talked to him on the sideline uh, of the Bengals, Jags, Monday Night Football game, um, you know, with his injury. And we were talking about that year. <laughs> they were just so dominant. Um, and it's just funny because Jaden Daniels had a better year. Uh, statistically than Joe Burrow did that season. And we saw how Joe Burrow ran away with the Heisman Trophy. So um, it's uh, it's one of those deals of – it's pretty really impressive year uh, what Jaden Daniels did. But you look back, um, Manziel had an unbelievable year. Uh, you did. Cam. Um, I don't know who else you spring – you know, Burrow obviously in there. Anybody else that you throw – Caleb Williams, the year – the previous one was a great year. By the way, any problem with him not playing in the bowl game? Uh, I don't have a problem with Caleb not playing in the bowl game. Um, is that is that out there that he's not playing? I think so, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I, mean, I got no problem. Like I said, I, I called Kenny Pickett's game um, when he had the fake slide with Mark Jones and Clint Kessenick. And then we had their bowl game, and Kenny didn't play in their bowl game. And we all understood why. Like, there's an opportunity there to go, um, you know, make generational wealth. And I've got no problem with Caleb not playing this year in a bowl game because last year he played in the bowl game when he wasn't even 75% healthy. So I think he's proven that he's willing to put it all on the line for his guys. And in this moment, if he is going to go pro uh, and decides not to play that bowl game, then I don't think anybody should hold that against him. We had Dan Orlovsky on first hour and we were talking about structure in college or lack of structure that Caleb was wonderful out of structure (laughs) but in the NFL you have to have structure yeah you have to be able to at some point and Mm -hmm. you know he wondered about that that he was sort of out of structure because they had to score 40 points you know maybe Lincoln Riley didn't say hey I need you to do this like he had to improvise a lot that transition from what you can get away with college to what you can get away with in the pros, how big of a transition is that for quarterbacks who are similar athletically to Caleb? Yeah, I mean, I think the the answer to the question specifically is that the windows in the NFL are tighter. And, and it's not just because the hash marks are closer together. Uh, it's because the guys are bigger, they're faster, there's a better understanding of how uh, NFL defenses are trying to attack an NFL offense. Now, do I think that that could be thrown off? 100% it could be thrown off. Look at what, what Chip Kelly did with the Eagles in his first year. Um, it's just the concepts in the NFL have become so repeatable that if you've been in the league for seven years, you've seen every single route tree and combination that there is known to man in those NFL offenses. So they're a, they're a little bit faster to like understand things are happening. And there's no there's not as many fishes, what we call them, on the field, where you go to, into the game and you're like, all right, this safety or this corner is the worst first player on the field we got to attack him you know you're basically attacking all americans from college at every stop that you go in the nfl so i think that is a little bit of adjustment for guys the game is a little bit faster but i think it's a it's just simply a talking point 
when guys bring up the fact that Caleb Williams didn't play within structure. I don't think that's real. I think what happens with Caleb Williams is he goes through the structure and that because he's so dynamic after the play breaks down, that is what we focus on. So we see all the highlight reel runs and the highlight reel scrambles, but this guy does play within structure. And he went to a quarterback camp called the QB Collective, which has guys like the Kyle Shanahan's and the Mike McDaniels and the Sean McVay's. And he worked with them at a very young age. And I can tell you right now, the NFL scouts and NFL coaches cannot wait to get their hands on Caleb Williams. They know he can play within structure. They just love the fact that he can be creative outside of it, a la Patrick Mahomes. You had world-class speed, but let's look at Tyreek Hill's speed. (laughs) How would you describe? There's fast, and then fast guys looking at somebody saying, that guy's fast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyreek is... um, He's uh he's instant grits. You know what I mean? Like when he, as soon as he puts his foot down, he's at full speed. And I think that's the difference. Uh I appreciate you saying that I have world class speed. Um have world class speed. Uh but there's a difference between like Do you Usain, still have world class speed? Yes, I do. There's uh there's a difference between Usain Bolt on a track, uh having world class speed and then being able to have that translate on a football field. If Usain Bolt and Tyreek raced, I certainly believe that Usain Bolt is winning that race. But when you talk about being able to run and cut and change direction and catch the ball and get vertical and break down and come out of your break, that's where just Tyreek, uh, he sets himself apart from everybody else in the league. I just had him on the show on RG3 and the Ones, and he was talking about how he's trying to put on for short kings, and he's doing that. Uh, Tyreek Hills do not grow on trees. And because his ability, as soon as he puts his foot down, he's at full speed. That's why you see DB so afraid to cover him. And they they really can't cover him. He has to make a mistake for them to be able to cover him. And I think we've seen that this year as he's on pace to, you know, break that 2,000-yard barrier. And I think he should be the MVP right now. Okay. If I did a 60-yard dash, yep. Tyreek Hill and Usain Bolt, yep. who wins? Yeah, I mean, 60-yard dash, uh, Usain Bolt's one in that race. Not right now. I don't know. Oh, no, don't, don't play. Don't, don't, don't do that. Tyreek in a 60? In a 60. In a 40? A in a 40? Fo- uh, okay, can he beat him in, in a, a 40? In, in a 40, he 40, could. Tyreek has a chance. Okay. But, he has a chance. But even on a track, if you put Tyreek in a 40 in comparison to Usain Bolt on a track, yeah. Usain Bolt wins that race. There's a difference between track speed and football speed. I'm telling you. Go look okay, at what if we put him on the football field? What if we did? Yeah, there's a video out there of Usain Bolt running a 40 at, like, some event. And maybe yeah. it was around the Super Bowl or something, <laughs> and he went flats, and he ran, like, a 4-1. Four, four so, like, <laughs> don't, don't get it twisted. Okay. All my people that are listening right now okay. understand that I know the difference between track fe- speed and football speed. Tyreek Hill is the fastest human being that plays football. Okay. Period. End of story. He's not faster than Usain Bolt. Did you reach out to the Jets to try to play quarterback for them? You mean like Colin Kaepernick? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> you I did not. not. I, I didn't do but, that. But there are stories that you have offered your services. Um, Cleveland? Telling- oh, no, no, no. I haven't. I haven't. Um, I personally have not reached out to a team to say, yeah. Has a representative, has a representative I- reached out? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, representatives reach out all the time. You well, know. But they have to have your approval. <laughs> no, no, they don't. No, no they don't. If, if you have an agent, if you have an agent and someone's reaching out to teams on, on your behalf, they don't ask you if they can reach out to that team. They just reach out to the team. 
So what I'll, what I'll say is what I have done is yeah. I have publicly stated that uh, I can play. I'm willing and able to play. I want to play. And if a team just so happens to call my number, I'm ready to play. I have said that. I said the Browns should have signed me. I thought they should have. Okay. They did. They went with Joe Flacco. Guess what? Joe Flacco looked really good this past week. For a guy that's just coming off off the couch, he looked really good going out there playing. And I'm sure the Jets wish they had Joe Flacco right now. Yeah. Or Zach Wilson because they need him back badly. Okay. What do you make of the Zach Wilson situation here? <laughs> How does this happen, Robert? It's so funny, man. I I will say this. Aaron Rodgers is 100% right when he talks about the sources in the building going out there and trying to undercut Zach Wilson now. That is completely wrong. Uh, I'm sure Rodgers has experienced it at some point in his career. I certainly did. That's not what winning organizations do. So I agree with him on that. For the Zach Wilson thing, to me it was hilarious watching the clip of him and Aaron on the sideline because – uh, it definitely looked like Aaron said something along the lines of, yeah, and they thought you were the problem. And when you get someone else out there and you now cut the guy that you benched Zach Wilson for and are now starting another guy, yeah. I mean, it, it it was clear to me, and I've said it, it wasn't all on Zach Wilson. They only started the other guys because they felt like they had to do something. Now they're seeing that Zach Wilson is the best quarterback they have on the team that's healthy. And they need to start, and he's and he should play. And I don't think that he's shying away from wanting to play. It's just a matter of the team having his best interest at heart. And that's, I think, the the real point. And Booger brought this up. They've quit on him. Yeah, like they kicked him to the curb, put him in, let him play, let him play the rest of the year. Tim Boyle is not an NFL quarterback. He's just not. Might be great in the quarterback room. Trevor Simeon is not a starting quarterback. If, if we're going to find out about Zach Wilson, let's find out. Now you're going to find out more about him than you will at any other point in his life, in his career. When he's yep. down, now let's see what you got. Correct. Throw him in there. Let him go. Good or bad, he's not going to be with the team next year. Feels like some coaches are covering up for themselves, trying to protect themselves, that it's Zach Wilson's the issue, not them. Man, that's a strong statement, and, and I don't disagree with it at all. I think two reasons they need to start Zach Wilson. One, he's the best quarterback they have. That is clear and evident, and he's the most talented quarterback that they have. And at this point, like you said, his response, what do you do when when you're completely backed into a corner, but you literally have nothing to lose? You will not be here next year. Go out there, let that dog hunt. And, I mean, would you say the Jets season is over right now? Yeah. Then they have nothing to lose putting Zach Wilson back out there. Let him go play and, and, and put him in the best position to be successful. Throw, let, him throw, let him throw the ball 45 times. I don't know. They can't run it. So mm-hmm. you might as well let him go out there and be a gunslinger and see what he can show the rest of the league. Great to talk to you as always. Thank you. Hey, appreciate you, Dan. God bless. That's uh, Robert Griffin Jr. the third, part of the uh, Heisman Trust, the More Than a Trophy campaign. Also, his podcast, RG3 and the Ones. Take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow, right after this. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. 
That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Great producer, Norman Lear, creative mind, dying at the age of 101, I believe. Created some uh, legendary shows and uh, creative genius, as they like to say passing away you know i was wondering about aaron Rodgers with his comments yesterday i don't think he refuted the report by the three reporters talking about zach wilson i think he was angry at those leaking the information for a character assassination that's different now somebody's leaking the information to these reporters and a character assassination here with zach wilson but did zach wilson actually say this to people in the building that shouldn't be lost here, because I don't think Aaron Rodgers refuted that report. Um, here is Aaron Rodgers talking about those talking to the media. What is your impetus? What is your motivation to try and bury someone like that? Um, and that's a problem with the organization. You know, we need to get to the bottom of whatever this is coming from and put a stop to it privately, uh, because there's no place in, in a winning culture where, and there's been, this is not the only time, there's been a bunch of other leaks. I think it's um, at its core and, and uh, you know, I think it has no place in, in a winning organization to be to be a source on it, especially not being going to assassinate somebody's character and, and especially not when it's someone that I really love and care about like Zach Wilson. Okay, did he say this to players, to management, to coaches? Because Diana Rossini is doubling down on that report from yesterday, saying today that Zach Wilson made it known publicly that he was reluctant to play. A number of people. If Aaron Rodgers has a problem, it's a problem inside his own building. 
Nobody else. The media is going to take it. It's hand-delivered to them. Of course, it's a big story. It's New York. It's the Jets. Aaron Rodgers involved in it. But I don't think at any point in that interview with Pat McAfee did he say it is, and I'm adamant that that is not true. It is not accurate. Now, maybe he doesn't know, but it feels like there has been something that's been in the building for a couple of weeks, according to Diana Rossini. She doubled down on that today and said this was public knowledge. And if Aaron Rodgers has a problem, this is your organization. What are you going to do? I remember when I worked at the mothership, and there were all kinds of leaks that would go out to the New York Post, members of the media that covered TV. And I remember one of my bosses said, if I find out who leaked this, you're going to be fired. Nobody was ever fired. No one. So, you know... We, we have these, oh, I'm grandstanding here. Okay, Baron Rogers is upset about it. What are you going to do? You find out, then what are you going to do? Not play for them next year? And he says this is about a winning organization. You're not a winning organization. It feels like guys are trying to cover for themselves. Now, I don't think you need a smear campaign. Zach Wilson's done that when he gets on the football field. He's the one that's committing, you know, character assassination he's doing it to himself if he says i'm reluctant to go out there and play but i think the jets did him dirty by i'm gonna have you in and now i'm gonna take you out is he better than tim boyle absolutely is he better than trevor simeon absolutely let him go out there let him just play we're not taking you out survive let me see what you're made of you're going to show me a whole lot more now than you did when you're at BYU. Can you play? Do you want to play? Do you understand what it's like to get kicked and get back up? That's what I want to know. But I would have pressed Aaron Rodgers to say, Aaron, are you saying this report is not true? Because that's different than blaming people who are leaking this information. So. Uh, let me see. We've got time for uh, final results of the poll question. This day in sports history. Uh, what do we have, Pauling? Uh, sports history, 1960. The, uh, Gene Autry was granted the Los Angeles Angels baseball franchise by the American League. Mm. about that right on cue? Gene Autry, okay. country uh, star. Okay, yeah. Country movie star. Yes. Um, 1988, the Milwaukee Bucks won game number 1,000. And in 1990, the NHL granted membership to the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Ottawa Senators. How about on this date? Two players scored 51 points each. It's the first time uh, in 38 years that two players scored at least 50 in the same game. The year's 2000. Kobe. Yeah. But that's, that's not the real trivia here. <laughs> One hand. Um. Hmm. <laughs> Let's see. Played at North Carolina. Paulie? Antoine Jameson. Antoine oh, Jameson. Wow. Bro. Blue, blue, blue. That's a big hint. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Let's go around the room what we learned on this program. Todd, I'm going to start with you. What did you learn today? Dan Orlovsky thinks the Eagles are vulnerable. Why? The offensive line's not dominating the line of scrimmage. Their offense lacks identity. They struggle in zone and man coverage. And he has questions about the condition. Are, you eating, are you eating I'm not. peanuts? I am not. M&M's? That's just my... Okay. Problem talking. Were, were you eating? Peanuts? I was not. Okay. <laughs> Just a saliva, tooth, gums thing. Uh, Seaton, what did you learn? <laughs> RGJ3, ready to play. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tyreek Hill, he's instant grits. Paulie? The Heisman stays in the closet. Celebrating. That's what they do in Vegas. Nobody compares a city where spectacle and celebration are woven into the fabric of the community. Las Vegas, where conventional is challenged and the unexpected embraced. So just celebrating and celebrating with an edge. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddy? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddy on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.